Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law, and with me as always, DJ Mark. So, but, but, but also. I mean, you want me to you give you a reason for what you're about to do this, or are you just going to do it? Well, I mean, I was going to, I was going to explain it, you know, Mike's not here. Oh, go you ahead. Tell us a number of, you know, what what I would honestly, you know, I, I think it's, it's a fun bit Mike has. I'm shocked it's gone on for as long as it has. There are some weaker weeks than others. This is this is some weak shit, Bobby. This, this is why he left. These are some weak ass holidays Mike left us with. We have National Winter Skin Relief Day, which I'm guessing is like lotion day or something. People I was get, gonna like, say, no, I mean, you never. I mean, I don't think you experienced winter on the East Coast. I only did it for three years. Yeah, you got you got to you know lube up in the least uh, yeah. derogatory term okay. possible. Get that chapstick out too. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. So fair enough. It's January and it's cold. Even here in the Bay oh, Area, yeah. it was cold today. So I, I can I can see the merit there. This one doesn't make any fucking sense. National Snuggle a Chicken Day. Like I'm supposed to be like well, hugging it's so a cold livestock that the chicken needs some warmth, man. I think it all connects it to each other at this point. I mean, what I've learned from Rocky is that it's hard to to capture a chicken in general. So this mm. seems like a workout routine. And then this one I don't even understand. It, it's Happy National Fourth Graders Day. Does every grade have their own day? I mean, I was waiting for national. What are we at? Happy 32nd graders day for you. And I can celebrate at that point, man. I'm just saying. Thank God I'm not in school anymore, man. But (laughs) if you're in fourth grade, you got it rough. Life's difficult. It seemed like an excuse (laughs) for the teacher to put a movie on, you know, put on some song, you know, put on some headphones and listen to a podcast while you guys watch something. So (laughs) hope you had a good day at school. Yeah. You know. Well, that's it. That's what we got. That's your, that's your special holidays. So. That's right. And we Mike- have Mike's out of town. Um, he'll be back not next week. I believe he should be back the following week for, you know, very important podcast for us. We do our Royal Rumble preview. It's a big deal, you know, on an MMA show to do a Royal Rumble preview. Mm-hmm. No, kidding aside, Mike will be back in two weeks. Um, he's got a work thing. He's actually over there doing some scouting. You know, he's over in France. He knows... We all know how MMA is hot now, Mark, in France. They got these hot-ass oh, yeah. crowds. I saw that the MMA Hour gave them crowd of the year for that one um, Cedric Dumbay card where the dude came out carrying the mattress. Okay, the mattress. Sure. That was the crowd was chanting and all that stuff. Mike's like, we got Cyril gone. We got Dumbay. We got Benoit Saint-Denis, which I hope is friends, That's French true. with a name like that. Um French-Canadian, We'll get to him in a second. Mike's like, I got to know what's going on over there in France. So Mike's over there scouting some MMA, doing some on-site reporting. Also got a job. Um, He'll be back in a couple weeks. So until then, we got me and Mark, uh, and Mike's really dodging some, really some bullshit here, man. Uh, These are some... uh, Maybe next week will be better, but we saw... I mean, next week we've got a pay-per-view, and look, I mean, it was cool they had a crowd fight, but that card is doo-doo. And you know it's in the co-main event is doo-doo, and you know it is because someone in the co-main event told us, yeah, none of you care about this. We'll get to that. Um, first, though, Mark, we'd be remiss and if we didn't bring up first. And as the guy who um, 
you know, so I think we all might have talked about like this was. I mean, we our uh, things we liked kind of all blended together. Honestly, we were kind of much in agreements, greens, and all of it. Then the first one we said was Francis and Ganu was like one of the bright spots of combat sports in 2023. For sure, shoving it up the UFC's ass and beyond, just making it about them, just achieving what he did. Gonna keep that train rolling, baby, because mm-hmm. La Predator Francis and Ganu in the first half of 2024. Um, I heard March, April-ish, maybe. He's going to be taking on AJ, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. A fight that kind of came together, I'm imagining, after Deontay Wilder took a big dump in the middle of the ring mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago in Saudi Arabia. Mark, this man keeps getting away with this, man. He keeps getting he, another big check. We're getting another big check for Big Fran. What was your first yeah. reaction? I told you actually, and your reaction was, "Oh, really?" Um, yeah. Want to expand on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was talked about, right? It was one of the potential matchups, but it didn't seem like the most serious one. It, it did seem like a, there was lots of talk with Wilder and this mixed match rule. Um, but Anthony Anthony Joshua was also like in the conversation, and then you know what, what was that event they just had? It was like Day of Reckoning? The Day of Reckoning. Where they both Joshua, were on, yeah, they were Day of Reckoning. They were both, and that was. And that was kind of frustrating. So it's like you had Wilder, you had Joshua. You would want those two to fight. They'd already each signed other, but a two fight agreement before the event, which was really tempting the boxing gods, I guess. <laughs> right. And I mean, and ultimately, like you said, like we saw we, Wilder loss, and now it's kind of like, well, what do you, where do you go from there? What do you do with him? Um, and now it looks like Joshua is going to fight Francis Nagano. So it was, it was a little surprising. It wasn't completely out of left field, but it's another tough fight, you know, like Anthony would and. and Andrew Johnson is of that same caliber of a Wilder and of a Fury. You know, he was he he held the belt and ultimately lost it. You know, somewhat recently to Usyk twice, right? Because I think he lost the belt. I think they had a rematch. I mean, which belt we're talking about? Him. But a belt for sure. He did lose. I, to, I think you're right. He did lose to Usyk uh, back to back fights. Twice. The second yeah. one was real close too. He's a very good fighter, man. Yeah. He uh he looked great also on that same card that Wilder looked like shit. He whooped Otto yeah. Wilding's ass. <laughs> Again, like I don't know where his opponent was really, like what skill level he's at. And I've seen Joshua fight a couple guys where it's like he should just smoke these guys, and then he and then he wins. And then some of those, you know, performances haven't been as impressive to, you know, the the hardcore boxing audience. But it's this is gonna be a really interesting fight because obviously, like we saw with Francis and Fury. We didn't really know how Francis was going to fight in that mm-hmm. fight. And he came out and he fought very differently than I think a lot of us thought. I think a lot of us thought he was going to be very aggressive early on, try to get a win in those early rounds. And if he didn't, he was going to be in deep trouble. Like if he didn't get a knockout in the first couple rounds he was, and he had to go to the deep waters with Fury, he was going to get demolished, right? He was going to get picked apart. And we didn't see that. We saw him be extremely cautious, be ve- very selective in his shot output. And then also score the big knockdown in the fourth. And that really kind of solidified the fight for him. You know, ultimately, he did lose the fight. Whether we agree with that decision or not, um, it went to the decision. Fury got the nod. But now we all kind of know what to expect from Francis in a boxing match. And so does Joshua, right? He's not going to yeah, be shocked when he goes out there. He's not going to be surprised there. at all. Yeah, he's he knows what he's yeah. He can't go out because Tyson got embarrassed, man. Tyson was embarrassed. A lot of shine wore off on that dude, man. And that's saying about some guy who's about to unify or trying to unify four belts in mm-hmm. in a month. Was it a February they're doing it, I think? Um, Something like that, yeah. I think it was February, yeah. Because it was going to be in December and Francis beat his ass around too much and they had to move it back a couple months. 
Um, mm. yeah, Anthony Joshua is coming in as a minus 525 favorite to Francis's mm. plus 340, which I think is fair, honestly. Mm. Um, yeah. Because I think uh, Tyson was like minus 800. Um, sure. I'm going to tell you right now, I got 20 bucks I never want to see ever again that Francis Ngannou is winning this fight, Mark. I haven't decided if it's by knockout or not because I've been told by the boxing folks, which I don't know how you say this about a man who's got one knockout loss. And I know the mm-hmm. knockout loss was to Andy Ruiz Jr. And they've never really forgiven him for losing to Andy Ruiz Jr. Because right. Andy Ruiz well, was like a legitimate good fighter. He's like yeah. kind of a fat Mexican dude. He's a fat Mexican yeah. dude. Okay. He's a fat Mexican dude from LA. Like they, you know, they've never really forgiven him, it feels like, for all the right. promise AJ had come winning the gold medal back in 2012, you know, representing his country. So they're telling me Joshua's got a bit of a, you know, his chin isn't what Tyson's is, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, hell, man. Tyson's chin is legendary for the love of God. You know, he right. ate a Deontay Wilder full clip and just got up like the Undertaker. Tyson hits, I mean, Francis gets a hold of him and drops him. We don't know. That's the thing, man. You got f- legendary historic power there. I'm just, you know, I know this is like, sounds like we're just like, we're to say about a professional fighter. I'm just so proud of Francis. Like, he's doing this all. And like, it's like he Shawshanked his way out of the UFC. He climbed, you know, with that little, he, he got off the fucking thing. He got the mm-hmm. one way out, and he's just thriving down there in uh, whatever that fucking city was. <laughs> that yeah. the movie. It's it's hard not to, because we haven't really seen a lot of people come out of the UFC. Like these big superstars come out of the UFC and really be able to establish themselves on their own. Uh, and, and a few people have. You can look at Connor potentially, right? He, does, he went back to the UFC, but he had his Floyd fight. But then it was always like, you know, Connor, as fun of a entertainer as he is, he can be kind of polarizing, right? Because he talks a lot of shit and stuff. And it's just like, when you look at Francis, it's just like, what's to hate on this guy? Like, like you said, like literally digging his way out of the mines, mm-hmm. literally as a child to pursue, you know, a dream in combat sports and to do everything that he's done and to have all the naysayers and have him to keep proving them wrong, even up to the point to his last fight where, you know, even us were like, oh, we're so happy. He's going to get the big bag. He's going to get the big payday. He obviously deserves. But we all thought, like, he's going to get demolished by Fury. I was like, I hope he just survives and can continue living life. And he thrived in that fight. A lot of people think he won that fight. I, mean, I think the, the public majority thinks he won yeah. that fight. And now he's getting another big fight. And my only concern here is that, obviously, I don't think he's going to get completely tooled. But I do think Joshua knows what to expect. Right, he knows he's going to be fighting more of a counterfighter. He's going to be able to plan for that, and I don't think Fury probably thought that. I think Fury thought this guy's going to come out like a berserker. I'm going to be the one counter punching. I'm going to be the the, the bull fighter. He's going to be the the, the bull. Um, but now, do, Joshua do you think knows we have this expect. conversation about a lot of guys like, oh, we like they're they're going to know about this. like it's not just specific to France. It's like, oh, we know they're not going to fall. Remember, it's like this is a totally different example, but people are just like, no one's going to fall for the Diaz brothers. You know, shit talk, smacking, you know, get him into this fucking cardio fest. And then all of a sudden, fucking we're 12, 15 years into this where dude's falling for it still. Like they get people lay they, these dudes lay these traps. Granted, in Francis's case, I don't know what they thought because not like Francis was like was a berserker MMA fighter either. Like he would. He had time. He had time. Remember the Rosen strike fight? He was that was, that was him making a point, I thought, honestly, where he's like, I am better than this. <laughs> Kimbo looking like I'm gonna knock him into next Tuesday, um, and you know by the way, and uh, you know um, the MMA end of it. Look, at this point, PFL is benefiting from it. Them just saying they have Francis and Ganu oh, under contract, yeah. um, absolutely. But he's uh, word is he's gonna fight in the PFL in the second half of 2024. 
They say that, but I think Francis also did say today that if I win this fight, I'm fighting Tyson Fury. He didn't care if Tyson beat Usyk. Mm -hmm. He's like, I want to beat Tyson Fury. Because um, also, like, Francis is like, what much money am I going to make fighting a guy no one's ever heard of from... You oh, yeah. Look, I love... Nothing. Usyk's a great fighter, man. You watch him fight, he's Absolutely. an excellent fighter. But, um... It, yeah. You look at it even from a story perspective, too, though, but, like, let, let's say let's say Fury and Usyk fight. Let's say Usyk beats Fury... And Francis still wants to fight Fury because it's a big fight. Like, you have the Usyk fight after that, potentially. You know, who knows? I mean, it, it, it's hard to say how far, potentially, Francis could go in boxing. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if he's able to beat Joshua, which is a big ask, which is a huge ask still. Um, and he wants to fight Fury regardless of where, if Fury loses next fight or not. I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense just Dude, I think if Fury loses that fight, Fury's going home. I think Fury's he might, going might, home. I think Fury's retired six different times in the last two years, too. Like, Yeah, but I could also think it, it seems like he, from my understanding, is that he's kind of looking for the big money fights, too. And I mean, he took, this, he took him, that last fight because it was more money than, like, he right. thought he was going to get. And I, could, and I could see him if he loses Usyk and he thinks his stock's down and then a Francis fight is still there and there's still some heat behind it. He could make a big payday still, even though his best days I mean, are the behind The Saudis are going to pay for that. They're going to pay for exactly. that, too. Um, so we'll see, but it's, it's exciting. And at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, we didn't really know what Francis was, was going to do next. I think this is another really enticing matchup for him. I think he should do fairly well. You know, if he, if he performs as well as he did against Fury, win, lose, or draw, if he can just assert himself to some degree and make it competitive. I think he's in there, but I mean, like, I do kind of feel like he might lose another. If he wins and, somehow, he does, he can get a title shot mm -hmm. without batting a fucking eye. I think he's ranked number nine right now. Mm hmm in the WBs. Okay. You beat Anthony you beat Anthony Joshua, you can get a title shot. I mean, as well, simple as that. <laughs> when when you say like if he's going to get it there's so much politics then with the titles and the different bodies. I, do, I don't even know to... what even means anything anymore to be honest when like the whole fucking entirety of the sports in Saudi Arabia now. I don't know what even is happening with like heavyweight boxing lives in Saudi mm -hmm. Arabia. Um We'll see where the PFL goes from here. I do think it's going to be entertaining when they're less like Francis Ngannou is a huge star and they serve him up you know, 42-year-old Matt Mitrione or, like, you know. Honestly, more interesting than whatever fight they can book because I think that's a very big question mark is just who's the dance partner going to be. I think more interesting is just going to be what are the numbers that he pulls. That's what I'm most interested in is, is how, depending on what happens with this boxing match, how big is that selling point for Francis with a PFL card? What's the rest of that card look like? Is this a big enough momentum push that you get a lot of new viewers for the PFL. I don't know if, if it is or not, honestly. I think Francis is is the kind of get they need to make a big splash, um, but just the legitimacy of like how many eyes he'll actually draw, I think is still questionable, but I'm excited to well, see. Well, I was also going to see, man. I mean, they got, they got the PFL money coming in the PFL, and the P we got the Saudi money coming in the mm -hmm. PFL, too. We got the Saudi money coming in the UFC. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me. Um, I'm dying over here, Mark. Keep talking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just. I think that of all the things they could do, I think the PFL is making a big move, right? They 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 got Bellator, they have Francis, they have Jake Paul. You know, as a second tier to the UFC, it's been a while since we've seen somebody take a biggest swing as they are. Um, and the only other times we saw it, it was usually from organizations that came out of the gate really aggressive, like your afflictions and stuff that came out not really establishing themselves and just like, we have a lot of money. We're going to be a competitor to the UFC. And, and they crumbled and fold pretty quick. 
But the PFL has been around a while. They've built themselves up to this stage now where now they're like, look, at we've been second fiddle, third fiddle, honestly, to, to Bellator for a while. And now we're ready to, to take the spotlight. So this is going to be a big year for them. And I think Francis is a big cornerstone of that. But like I said, there's lots of other moving pieces that are going to help kind of formulate how big of a draw and how big the PFL can be. And time will tell. We'll, we'll see who he fights. We'll see what the card looks like. And we'll see ultimately what numbers they can do. Um, but it's very intriguing. Absolutely. Um, well, you knew this was going to happen. Um, Francis announces anything big. UFC's got to announce some stuff. Uh, Dana White, unfortunately, was on vacation or some shit. So, I don't know. Got delayed or something happened where they had to wait a couple days to, you know, show their ass or whatever and, you know, yell some stuff into a fucking microphone on TikTok. I mean, your partner's ESPN, man. Why don't you make some real fucking announcements? But a couple of good fights, though, Mark. Um, Dustin Poirier has got... Mm. We were waiting for these guys to do this type of thing, and God bless him, man, because he didn't have to do this. Taking on the 12th ranked Benoit Saint-Denis at UFC 299 in a five-round co-main event. Um, it's a big fight, man. That is a mm -hmm. that is a big fight. And he's the underdog, apparently, Dustin. Which, I mean, okay, I get it. He's coming off a head kick, and Benoit Sandini looked like a killer. People might want to chill out a little bit, because Benoit Sandini gets hit a lot, and I've seen Dustin Jib uh, Portier jab motherfuckers with a little bit more credentials than that. Wasn't his last fight, uh, Benoit's last fight, didn't he win by head kick? I thought he did. Yeah, the guy was the guy was hands down. Frivola got head kicked in the next Tuesday. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. So maybe they're seeing some of that and being like, "Well, this guy head kicked somebody. This other guy got head kicked." We're doing the head kick. We're doing me. the head kick math. We're doing the head <laughs> yeah, kick yeah, math. Yeah, okay. can't block. Can't I love block that fight, though, man. And like, you know what I mean? You're like, that's a that's a risk. He gains nothing at all. Yeah, it's he's kind of at that point where he's a huge, he's a big star at 155. Right? Those Connor fights, I think, really put him on the map. Uh, the Justin Gagey fight also was huge with their, you know, fake title or what have you. Um, and you would kind of anticipate that he would want to stay in that upper echelon of guys where he's always going to be, you know, main eventing, co-main eventing, which he is here. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this division has lots of young blood coming up. And it is only kind of like a matter of time before the old guard has to start defending the gates, right? You can't just have... Chandler, Gaethje, yep. Poirier, and uh, Oliveira just fighting each other in tandem forever, right? They have to mix it up with these guys. I mean, we that, made, that's what these new fights are kind well, of doing. Well, we made Gaethje so. fight um, Fizev uh, a few months Fizev, ago. Yeah. Fizev was doing well until he got fucking baited into a Justin Gaethje fight. It's another one right there, by the way, speaking of what we said earlier. Um, the other fight for UFC 300. We don't know if it's five rounds. We don't know if it's a co-main event. Mm -hmm. Well, we do know the winner of this fight is fighting for the lightweight title, allegedly. And we know it's not the main event. They said, I think Dana said this is not the main event of 300. Dude, if, if Leon Edwards ends up main event, I think UFC 300, I will be so happy for Leon, but that is not what they had in their in their heads. I guarantee you that. No, that's weird. Um, Armin Sarukian, Charles Oliveira, yeah. two men coming off of ruining Benil, Benil Dariush's Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. Um, in different ways, quite frankly. Um, I don't. I think this one, Armin's also the favorite. I'm pretty sure I saw that. Armin's a slight said, favorite yeah. in that one. I mean, look, I've seen Charles Oliveira lose a lot of fights. 
I've been watching MMA a long time. You have too, Mark. Charles Oliveira is like mm-hmm. fucking younger than us, barely. I feel he has to be the number of fights we've seen this man fight in, maybe. Like he's I think I've seen 25 Charles Oliveira fights. No, no exaggeration. Sure. And a lot of them it took us a while to get to the point where we had this much confidence in him. And you know, we're both Sarukian guys, but that's a tough fight. That's a really tough fight for both parties. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see. Because uh, you could hit. You can hit Charles Oliveira. But then he gets up and starts grabbing limbs. So we see what happens there. Love that fight, though. I would like it to be five rounds, but if it's five rounds, it makes me think the rest of this card is not, you know, necessary. Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck how good UFC 300 is. I don't know what people have arbitrarily assigned this number in their head, like a mean something. Like, we just passed the fucking 30th anniversary of this company. And, like, was what was the specific 30th anniversary card? In November, no, no they can't. They no. won't even go to Colorado because Colorado accepted one's rule set, so they're boycotting Colorado. That's a real thing. Like, that's where the first mm-hmm. UFC event was. So who gives a fuck? UFC two ninety nine looks fucking stacked. That's what I'm in right now. My takeaway is, like, yeah, who cares? I mean, you UFC's just been weird, right? Um, because obviously, like, on one end, they want to like be remembered or, or you know be on this kind of pedestal where it's like, oh, we were the originators of MMA. But they also, like, they hate to kind of, like, take kind of, like, pride in, like, their history and stuff. They don't Because they, they, they never want to promote the athletes, right? So it's never like, oh, look at all the great fighters that came through. Or look at all the great – because they don't want to, like, promote Tito or Chuck. I mean, even guys, they don't have, like, a you know, they got They got to talk to you at WWE, their, their business partners now. Because I think even though, mm-hmm. like, how often people have a bad ending and, like, look, we don't wrestler. Have you seen the movie The Wrestler? A lot of these guys don't do great afterwards, right? They do a yeah. real they, – they really make an effort with that Hall of Fame and everybody gets a check. And, like, I know the UFC is doing more with the Hall of Fame. And, like, when Robbie Lawler retired, that was actually a really nice mm-hmm. moment. They actually did something. They yeah. did something there when Korean Zombie announces retirement, which I'm not sure how much they knew about that. When they played Zombie and his wife, and yeah. you know, and he walked out with his wife. I'm sure that some of that was on the fly. There's a way to do this, man. And like, you don't have to like chew the this, this sport already chews people up and spits it out. Like, do any of us think Diego Sanchez is going to be okay? Do any does anybody honestly believe Diego Sanchez is going to just be okay for the next 30, 40 years? Like, yeah. he's as old as me and you. Do you think he's going to be okay? Because I don't. You know, he might be a little yeah, older, but I like, yeah, I'm just saying, just there's weird. a way to do but this. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's just weird because they do want to have their pie and eat it too, but yeah. So, but but yeah, there, there's a lot kind of writing on 300, but the way they do cards now is so wishy-washy. Dude, we, they it, do it not just, plan ahead. Forest from the yeah. trees, we've said it before. They mm-hmm. fail upward. I feel honestly, ESPN's care. ESPN should go into this fucking negotiation and be like, you guys should fucking thank us every day that we did this for you guys. They were, you know... You help us with ESPN Plus, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, it seems mutually beneficial, but it's also just it feels like we're we're the ones that are kind of uh, yeah, because we're paying eighty dollars a pay per view. They didn't raise the pay per view price yeah. this year, though. Thank God, that would have been. Oof. I mean, eighty was. I mean, eighty five. Well, just just make it a hundred. What are the odds UFC three hundred costs a hundred dollars? Oh my God! You know it. Think about it. I mean, they did have to do something. What I'm seeing here, like, is not a. What I'm seeing right now is like a good pay per view card. What is is right uh, now? It's got like what are we at? UFC 300. It's uh, uh it's got. It, it, did the Yuri fight fall through? Yuri it and got moved to Alex. There. No, it got moved to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's got four good fights. You got. Yeah, it's got Calvin Cater and Sterling. Sterling moving up to 145. That's interesting. It's got Bo Nickel versus who? Who gives an F? That's right? gonna be. Like, that's gonna. Have to, that's not gonna be a pay per view. No way. 
He's gonna. And then you have the Charles Armin fight, which you just mentioned, which is also really good. But we're seeing good fights here, but not like yeah, the the UFC hundred, two hundred have been. Well, weirdly enough, like they want them to be big events, right? For whatever reason, because it's a round number or whatever. But it's like two hundred kind of fell apart. One hundred was the one that really kind of really came together and was really something special. And I think they're trying to recapture that with two hundred and failed. And three hundred looks like they're trying to, but like again. You know, now force through the trees, not they just don't ahead. plan ahead, and it's just you know, here we are. Um, and I just don't, I mean, at one point, I needed to explain to me how I feel 80% of the women's top, how nobody in the top 10 at 135 fought in 2023. It feels like it feels like a lot of people yeah. just didn't fight for an entire year, and I need that explained to me. Um, yeah, uh, other news, John Jones, while he was getting his pec fixed, is like, fuck it, let's fix that elbow while we're at it. I'm a cage fighter. I've been one since I was 20. Let's clean Already this stuff up. Already under the knife, though. So. People are real confident Tom Aspinall would whoop his ass. And I'm just sitting here like, until I see otherwise, Mark, personally, and I know I'm a Tom Aspinall guy. You are a Tom Aspinall guy. We all are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, this is like when, when I think I might, you can go back and listen to the podcast when he fought before he fought Cyril Gone, where I said, I ain't never seen John Jones lose a fight. I'm going to need to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to see it, Mark. Just saying. I'm yeah. going to need That fight may not even happen, but we'll see. Um, all right. Um, the other stuff that's all about people just being assholes. What did Laura Sanko say in general? <laughs> Some about the yeah, I wish everyone would stop being such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost exactly the quote. Um, she also said she didn't mind the, them physically fighting each other in the crowd. She's like, I prefer that. Like, all the trash talking with the, the families and stuff is... She thought Luke Thomas had this really nice thing. He was talking about Sean Strickland and like Sean Strickland appears to slowly be realizing how fucked up his life was growing up. And he's slowly, the impact of it is slowly, he's realizing it before our eyes almost when he went on there that pod talked about like, you shouldn't talk about people's families and yada, yada. like, dude, you say a lot of bad stuff yourself, man. Mm-hmm. You yeah. all say a lot of bad stuff. Like he seems like a broken person. Uh, Drickus just seems like an asshole. Drickus just, I have a lot of thoughts about Drickus as a person, and none of them are good. He he seems like one of those ass, like, he's one of those... What is the South African version of a jock? Of, like, a high school bully? (laughs) It's kind of like that, like, he'll, he'll like, say some kind of, like, inflammatory shit, and then he kind of plays, like, be like, what? What did I say? What did I do? Like, he doesn't understand how he's perceived Dude, the way with he a straight is face he told us he didn't understand why israel found it offensive what he was saying about being a real african yeah with a straight yeah. face he said that okay like yeah. the eye to eye with people he was saying that shit okay anyway um yeah uh we're gonna get into the picks for this not so awesome yeah fight uh card in a, in a um few minutes here um I, i'm sorry i just saw this headline it made me laugh i was you know but Renato Moicano appalled by Patty Pimblett's weight gain between UFC fights. Quote, look how fat he is. Unquote. Okay. As someone who's a big Moicano fan, that's funny, but wow. That's, uh, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and then, um, yeah. I mentioned it. Moira Benasilva saying that nobody wants to watch her UFC 297 title fight against Raquel Pennington. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. That whole weight class is a dumpster fire i said it i think i said it last week we were talking about but mm-hmm. i think last week when i said what is valentina can go up and be the champion of this weight class like just like that and run it for two years because there's no blanchfield coming and there's no tatiana suarez coming in that weight class that weight class is a fucking 
The same people are in the top ten mark as when Ronda Rousey retired. That's the same time. It's the same people. Uh, what about what about Silva? She wasn't around. That's it. That's yeah. it's just hard. I, <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, I, I haven't looked at it, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a few other ladies in there that we're not super familiar with. But it does seem as a lot of the divisions, especially in the women's divisions, have kind of gotten a new kind of like shot of like new blood. You talk about your Aaron Blanchfields, and I mean Tatiana's been there around for a while. But like, there's a lot. There's been lots of new and up and coming stars, a new generation coming through. We just haven't really seen that at 35 at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and say again, like I'm gonna do this, make this exercise one more time. You just go ahead. I'm gonna start saying names. You tell me which one of them Valentina wouldn't be a favorite against. Juliana Pena, oh. Ra- she beat her. Raquel Pennington, mm-hmm. Mara Buenasilva, Ketlin Vieira, Irene Aldana, Holly Holm, Penny Ki- Penny Kianzad. I okay. Don't Yana Kunitskaya slash Santos. Carol Rosa, she's young. Misha Tate, Macy Chisone, Norma Dumont. I mean, these we got some like we got Chelsea Chandler, who's most known for that meme where she literally ran in the right direction. She's number fifteen in this weight class. Like, I mean, Stockton represent. I'm sorry, but like, this is the other weight class has got like people like you know Ariane Lipsky coming up. You know who's like good, mm-hmm. and you got like Tabitha Ricci and Lupi Godunia. I don't know what's going on at 135, but I'm just saying, Valentina, it's right there. Hell, you could if you even if you win your next fight, go and just say I'm gonna go up anyway. Um, yeah, Mayor Buena Silva said uh, to be clear on paper is not a good fight because nobody wants to watch this fight. I know this fight on paper is no good, but I promise I will give a big show for everybody. Everybody will go home and think, "Hey, this girl Mayor Buena Silva is the chosen one." I, mean, I think she's pretty good. She beat Holly Holmes' ass. That was pretty mm-hmm. entertaining, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, she, I mean it's 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 hers to win for sure, you know, and we love Pennington, and I think we're all rooting do, for. Do her. We just haven't really seen enough. Her record is f- like, have you paid attention to what like Raquel Pennington's record is at this point? I'm looking at it now, fifteen and nine. Remember it's, when it was like nine and nine? nine, and nine? Remember. remember it was like eight and eight yeah, or something like that? Was, like, yeah, she was close to five hundred for a while, and she kind of turned it around. Obviously, I mean, she got a title shot at nine and five. Like, then it got down to ten and eight. That was the bad part. And then, like, yeah. since then, five straight. And, like, I just yeah. named all those women. They're all in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Marion Renault, Penny, uh, Penny Kianzad, Macy Chizone, Aspen Lads in a different company. Catlin Vieira. She beat all those girls. Um, yeah. Mara Buena Silva, a submission artist. Raquel Pennington, only been tapped out once. And I think that's when uh, Irene got her with the... Uh... No, actually, no. She did that to somebody else. How did she tap her out? I guess cat beater. I don't even remember that. Oh, Invicta. Yeah, that was Invicta. Yeah. I was thinking about the bulldog choke, but she did the bulldog choke to um, Ashley mm-hmm. Evan Smith. That was sick. Um. All right. Um. I guess we can just pick some fights. I guess, man, or a fight. <laughs> the fight. Yeah. The fight. I, again, I'm gonna watch this thing because you know if you don't put on fights for a while, I'm gonna watch the fights. Um. You know, if I got nothing better to watch. Um, I think there's a NFL playoff game. That might be why they're not trying too hard. All right. Um, these guys fought back uh, a few months ago where Johnny Walker got fucked out of a DQ win. Straight up. like. Right. Was it an eye poke? Or... No, he just kneed him. He was on the ground, was. and this yeah, dude lined up an illegal knee. And then they started asking Johnny Walker geography questions. And he's That's like, I don't right. know what. And then, like, I remember, like, people were like, well, people don't know what. I remember people like, people don't know what country Abu Dhabi is in. And then Luke Thomas was like, 
Look, I know the bar is low, but they literally stamped his fucking passport. And there's a big welcome to sign when you get to the airport. So, mm-hmm. um, what do you say? I'm in the desert. So yeah. most Johnny Walker <laughs> shit ever. Um, yeah, uh, they're gonna run it back. Um, Magomed Ankalaev has got back to back. I think his last fight was a no contest too, wasn't it? Or was it a draw? Draw. Uh, dude has a dude has a lot He's of weirds mobile fights, man. Didn't he have that um, the Kutalaba thing? Where they had to fight back to back because something happened, where he did something mm, illegal right, that wasn't yeah. called or something, or it was like a quick knockout. I don't know. Betting odds for this one are heavily in favor of Magomed Ankalaev, um, the man who I picked that would be the champion at the end of 2000 and, uh, 2024. I say that with very little confidence, just given how much of a weird mobile guy he is. Minus 450 to plus 340 over at Bet MGM. Mark, Mike has taken Magomed. I'm taking Magomed. Is it a triple Magomed situation here? Uh, yeah, it is. It, it's hard to, to bet against him. I mean, like you said, you have him, you know, being the champion at the end of the year. I don't think that's far-fetched. I think this division is just kind of all over the place. There's contenders everywhere. People holding the belts. People got belts stripped from them. So at the end of the year, like, who knows who's going to yeah, be I, just fighting for the belt. I would, I would say this is the worst weight, worst weight class in MMA. It's definitely the worst men's weight class. Worst weight class is female 135. I think we just proved that a few minutes ago. Well, I would say 145, but... That's not even a weight class. Amanda took the belt with her, and the whole weight class went with her. That's what happened. The whole weight class went with her at that point. Um, yeah. A um, couple other interesting fights in this. Wait, Johnny Walker, by the way, I got I got 10 American dollars. I don't want to see ever again that Johnny Walker wins this thing, you know, by knockout, because that's how it would have to happen, I imagine. I mean, um, he went to what was what was the uh, the camp he went to? It's the Irish guys. Right? He's been or good he's, since he's been at SPG grow. too. He's he seems like he's. Right. Uh, I don't know, man. I think he, I don't know when he got there exactly, but let's see. It says he joined SPG in 2020. I don't know. Okay, so he's been there for a while. He's got like four two. He's got he's he lost to Jamal Hill, who you know was just the yeah. champion. That Tiago Santos win didn't age well. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to lose to Tiago Santos, but I don't know. He knocked out Paul Craig. That was pretty cool. He beat up Anthony Smith while Anthony Smith yelled about him stealing right. money from his family. That was that was an interesting thing. Beat up Yon Kutilaba, so they have that common opponent. I wouldn't be shocked, man, if he did it. I mean, Magomed fights real no. stupid. Writes real stupid. <laughs> and Johnny's a big enough wild card where like a lot of his finishes are kind of just out of nowhere, right? He throws a lot of crazy shit. He has a lot of power. Mm. And you know, at light heavyweight, you know, these guys are carrying around a lot of weight. He so backhanded definitely... a man, right? He backhanded Paul exactly. Craig out, right? Have, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's absolutely in the realm of possibility Johnny gets a win here. But I think, you know, if you're playing the smart money, you know, there's a reason why the odds are the way they are. I think Maglamed is a favorite here. Something crazy could happen, but that's what you're banking. I see the over-under is one and a half rounds. Um, I would think, Mm -hmm. even though Maglamed will finish fights and Johnny will finish fights, how Mm -hmm. far did we get last? We We literally got to one round, three minutes into the second round. I mean, the fight wasn't about to end, was it? With that illegal knee, he was down, but it wasn't like he was done. I, he I was, was ready I think to keep we might fighting. get a couple rounds, honestly. I think we might get two or three rounds out of this, especially if Magomed wins. Might. You know, when it gets sure, to three, sure. Johnny's in trouble, I feel, at that point. I think it's not going to turn around at that point. I, I think Johnny's best bet is early on in the fight where he's fresh and has a lot of explosive power. Um, we've seen him be able to, you know, relegate his stamina a lot better so that he's not completely gassed in the second and third. But it hasn't really been his strong suit is, you know, going the distance and, and really pacing himself. You know, his strong suit is that, you know, he has explosive power. 
he knows when to use it for the most part, you know, and he can catch you with something big. And I think that's how he's going to win if he wins. I think Maglamed's just a little too crafty, a little too wise to fall for some of those kind of traps that Johnny lays or some kind of the, the unconventional strikes he might throw. Um, so I think Maglamed is the favorite, but, you know, again, Who's not out of the possibility. I mean, see, part of that whole crew was to say he trains with. I don't know these fucking people. That didn't help. Yeah. Did not help at all. Um, fight Club Ahmed. Oh, he's part of that dude's fight. He's part of Kadyrov camp. We knew that. So when he lost, he got that draw in the title fight. Kadyrov told Dana White, "You got to fix this publicly," and said, "Like, you got to fix this. This is not right." Yada yada yada. Right. Whenever they ask Dana White about Kadyrov, Dana White just goes, "Huh?" Like he can't hear. He goes, "Ha huh, who?" <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say too. If there's a fucking you know, Chechen gangster after me who's <laughs> got my got his finger on me. Um, all right, yeah, the rest of this card, Mark. I, uh, what do you think, man? You, I know you mentioned Manel Cop. That's you know, yeah. It's it, the rest of this card is just it's one of those cards where it's like, I one I've seen way worse fight night cards. Yeah, I've it, we have some coming up where it's like I don't know any of these guys. A lot of these fights, I know one of the guys, and I'm kind of interested in them, right? Like you talk about the. Um, Manuel Cape fight. I'm interested in him. I guess Jim Miller's fighting. He didn't. Make I don't it like that. I don't like that yeah. because Jim Miller's Dana White already committed to Jim Miller fighting at UFC 300. Jim Miller is 40 years old. I mean, I think we're yeah. asking a lot if something goes like things could go wrong. What if what if Jim Miller gets knocked out by Gabriel Benitez, who's got I don't know 19 finishes and 23 wins? Huh? What if that happens? Yeah. Just saying. Very I don't realistic. like that at all. Uh, Ricky Simone. Ricky's, Ricky Simone. Love watching him fight. Um, I've been hearing a lot about uh, Mario uh, Bautista or whatever. Bautista? I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, I've been hearing his name come up quite a bit. So that should be a good well, one. Well, he's strung off one, two, three, five straight wins in uh, at 135. So he's a big fight for him. I mean, a lot of those wins are against people nobody knows. So, right. I mean, overall in the UFC, he's won seven of nine fights. And his losses are to Trevin Jones and Corey Sandhagen. That's a f- tough first assignment, Corey Sandhagen. Yeah, yeah. That is a tough fucking first assignment, Christ. Oh, man, maybe this might be something there. He's 30 years old. He's in a really good gym over there at MMA Lab with John Crouch. You go to you go mm-hmm. to Bendo's gym. You'll, you'll, you'll make sure you're a professional. You'll do things the right way. Um, Manel Kopp, though. I feel we haven't seen Manel fight. He fought in September. He had that short notice fight. I forgot yeah. he fought. Yeah, he fought that. Was that supposed to be Felipe DeSant? Was it supposed to be somebody else? No. It was supposed to be um Kai. What's his face? Kai. Yeah, and Kai. And then he called Kai, Kai a lot. Of, and then he said a lot of bad things about Kai because Kai was like, Kai, didn't yeah. Kai have like he got concussion? He got knocked out. He yeah. actually reported this yeah. guy was just like and then he then he got it. That was at um, the card Izzy lost, because Izzy was yelling mm-hmm. at this guy, like, yo, man, what are you such an asshole? Yeah. Which again, why do you have to be an asshole? Everybody's got to be an asshole all the time. It's not necessary, Manel. You're a good fighter. We're excited to see you fight. You were gone for a year. You've won four straight. He's had all kinds of issues with getting fights. I mean, he lost to this guy. He lost to this guy back three years ago. uh, Three years ago, he lost to this guy. Oh, I didn't know that. He lost a split back in March 21 on the Edwards. This was like maybe his first. It was like his first UFC Second card or something. He lost Second a pan, he lost a pen. That's a tough first assignment too. Fuck me. Yeah. Pantoja, and then he fought to Nikolau, and then he he fought four guys nobody knew. Now we're back. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, right. He is. Uh, he tends to be a pretty dynamic fighter. He got eleven knockouts in this weight mm-hmm. class. Um, yeah. 
he's he's fun to watch. He's a complete asshole <laughs> outside of the octagon. And even in well, it, Felipe it, Dos Santos I'm, put up a fight too because that went to the that went to uh, he, fight of the night. It went to decision, and he, he and uh, Cape gave him a lot of credit for yeah. like him coming up, showing up to fight, and actually having a really fun fight. But Cape looked good in that fight too. He yeah. looked slick. That um, was, a, and that's that, really I've liked watching him man, fight. He was gotta, a rising champion. We got we got to stop doing this apex thing. How much longer we got to do this? Like I get like. I get if you want to yeah. do it for like we're gonna put on two fights on a two, on a Wednesday night, like I don't know, like the contender series thing. It I makes would, sense for contender. I would wa- I, think. I think I would watch the contender series if these Apex cards didn't exist. Like if there was fewer cards, mm-hmm. like let's say there was yeah. no let's say there was no card this week, and it was like on Wednesday there was a there was the contender series. I got ESPN mm-hmm. Plus. I might check it out. Mm, yeah, I mean that's a good point, but because honestly, it is an oversaturation where it's just like I know. For most weeks, we got a card to watch, right? And even then, sometimes I'm not just interested in it. And it, you know, maybe if there was only a pay- big pay per view every month, maybe like one fight night, one pay per view. Twenty four cards is the number, bro. Right? Twenty four, twenty four actual yeah. cards is my number. Give me twenty four yeah. cards that I have to watch to follow this sport. This is becoming like a good job. I know we have a podcast, yeah. but this is, believe it or not, this is not our source of income. We just lose money this on this. We, do, we this is fun. We're supposed to enjoy yeah. this. And it's I supposed do. to be fun. <laughs> I enjoy the podcast. The stuff, the stuff, I have to, me having to know what the fuck, you know, Manel Cop fought against some guy on three weeks' notice. You know, if I find out about mm. the fight hours before the other guy, the guy who's fighting, finds out about the fight, I feel this is not worth being on television. It's my general mm. thought. But yeah, we got to stop doing this Apex thing. Though my plan for that one in two weeks is while I'm in Vegas, I'm going to call the Apex an hour before it starts and say, I have 50 American dollars for you. Greenbacks, baby. 50 American dollars. Let me go to the fucking thing. And they're going to say no, yeah, but I'm like, I, nobody else is buying yes. a ticket. <laughs> nobody else true. is paying money for this. Like, they would rather, they'd rather have an empty seat than to have your 50 bucks. How about, I give you, how about 50 there? bucks and I have to pick up the guy's sh- shorts when he takes off his clothes at the uh, Octagon prep point. Okay. Yeah, you want to pay fifty bucks and and put some time in. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is popcorn. We want to violate some labor laws in Nevada. All right, that's yeah. what we're gonna do. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not this is not super, but you know what are you gonna do, man? No. Um, yeah. Arlovsky couldn't make the main card of this. No, bro, come on. Like, come yeah, on. he's not there yet. He's not there yet. Maybe a few more fights. Dude, do you think Andre's got like a fucking like ten fight deal back from like? I mean, how many fights in this in this run? Let me see. How, remember when he came back? How many fights into this are we? Yeah. Okay. I'm it's gonna say an, I'm gonna say a number. Active. Dude, he has been back since 2014. Has he been back this long? Really? When did Strike Force die? That's when it was. I mean, probably. This dude was 21 and 10. He's thirteen yeah. and thirteen since he's been back. <laughs> he is thirteen. He's had a whole career. Okay, he's had a. These all go to decision too, man. These last two weren't great. He's got to get a W here, man. Yeah. He got to is a strong word. I know how much fucking affliction was paying him back to the day. Back in the day, I feel Andre squirreled away a couple bucks here. You know, I hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, Andre Arlovsky. Can we get him a fucking video package in front of human beings? When are they going to Chicago? Isn't that where Andre like? Wasn't there one point they were saying he's from Chicago or fighting out of Chicago? He lives there. It says fighting out of Chicago. Okay, can we get Andre Arlovsky a fight in front of some Chicago folks and we can play a video package? 
that's in fucking standard definition because that's what the video quality was when he won the heavyweight title back when he uh when he what he when he fucking knocked out uh what's his name uh he didn't knock him out he tapped out tim sylvia huh that's how he won the heavyweight title mm-hmm. it was like a heel hook or something yeah yeah it's kind of insane you know again talking about like the history yeah. this guy's been you know in the organization for you know he's at, 23, he's at 24 UFC years. 28 ufc 28 yep. was his first fight and we're Insane. at ufc we're at you were 272 ufc's later not even Which counting doesn't like sound, yeah it doesn't it doesn't count all the fight nights yeah. and your fuel tvs and all the other shit so i think i looked oh, one boy. time and they have something like like the number of actual ufc events yeah. is i think 700 or something? or something like that yeah i think it's yeah. like 700 um, this yeah. is this one this weekend is number six hundred and seventy-five. Oh, okay. All right. And he did UFC twenty-eight. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, fuck it, we're checking. Uh, oh, my brother's trying. To, my brother doesn't recognize podcast hours, bro. Doesn't recognize podcast hours. UFC twenty-eight was the thirty-second event. We are six hundred and forty-two events later. This man's yeah. still fighting. Anyway, still we're kicking. just we're just doing shit at this point. All right, let's go to um, let's go to stuff we like. I think that's it. We have yeah. no. We didn't even try to do a top five list. We really fucked this up this week. We'll do a top five. Yeah, list we could have done a we could have done a top five to kill some time, but no, we're already forty five minutes in. We didn't. <laughs> oh man, we, we, we got to make stuff you. We got to make stuff you like at least fifteen minutes here, Mark. I bet you got some stuff. Ooh. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do a top five list. We're doing a top five list, okay? Of what, what? I don't know yet. Give me a second. Top five list. There's only two of us, so it won't take too long. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I watch so I, one of the YouTube channels that I frequent that I like. I think I mentioned it on the podcast before is uh, Watcher. It's these guys that used to be on Buzz, BuzzFeed. And one of their videos is top five. And they literally just do top. And the last one they did was top five fast food burgers. So it, was, it wasn't just chains. It wasn't just your restaurant, but it was your... Favorite burger from fast food places. Fast food places being anywhere has a drive-thru. All right. Could do that. Fuck it. Let's do it. And that'd be easy. Let's go. We won't this do any a, order. This is a no order because I'm going to forget something. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. fast food burger specifically or fast food item? He, it, they were doing burgers specifically. We can do items. Let's just do items because I don't think bit. I have five burgers I like that much. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, fast food question: Does it have to have a drive-through? That's the only other question I have. That that that, that was that was their stipulation. It had to have a drive-through. So I no guess Shake Shack, no Habit. I think they said Habit had. I don't know if they did Habit. They said Five Guys had a drive-through. Like one just opened. Okay, I think Shake Shack did. If too. Five Guys, okay, Shake Shack. All right, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go with the In and Out Double Double uh, <laughs> Animal Style. That is one for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I just to make it easy, I, the Double Double was gonna be. I don't. I usually don't get it animal style. Um, the burger specifically sh- animal style. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever. I don't think I've ever had the burger animal style. I've done the fries animal style, and I think when I had it, I wasn't like it didn't really wow me. I don't um, get the. Uh, I think I never get the. I don't really get like. I always just get the well done fries, but the animal animal style burger I think is pretty much that they like um, put mustard on the griddle and grill it into the patty. If I'm, right. you know, reading this thing and correctly. I think it has the onions, right? Grilled onions. I'm going to get grilled onions anyway. Cost. And then they do um, mm-hmm. extra spread and a pickle. I thought there's pickles okay, in it yeah. anyway, but that's my uh, I don't think there is. Yeah. Um. So I would just do the, I just do the straight double-double. And again, yeah. I mean, I, I do feel bad that In-N-Out isn't, 
you know, a bigger national chain, although I think they've expanded quite a bit, you know, into the East Coast and stuff. Um, and I'm not even trying to make this like an East Coast, West Coast thing. But like, I think really what you get with In-N-Out is the, the ingredients are always super fresh. It's made to order. So the burgers themselves are really fresh. And I think another thing that I think always kind of surprises people is just like the price, the value. I think it's a $4 burger, maybe $5. I don't know, a hot is, minute. But like, it's like when people yeah. say they like Shake Shack more, and I get it. It's three times the cost. It is three extra yeah. cost. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we're, we're both playing it simple West Coast boys. That double-doubles is hard to beat. And um, another burger that, like, it, it, it's a decent-sized burger, but it's not so monstrous that, like, after I eat it, like, I really feel like a piece of shit, like a real piece of garbage. Like, there's some big burgers that, like, after you eat it, it's like, okay, I need to take a nap. There's way too much grease going on in this burger. It kind of takes you down for the day. But the, the double-double is a burger that, like, you eat it, you feel satisfied, you feel fulfilled. But you don't feel like yeah. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna be a fat ass in the remaining four. Probably is what's gonna happen. Some of these are gonna be some mm-hmm. real questionable life choices. The fast food items I mentioned. Um, yeah. All right. I've said it before. This is the single greatest breakfast fast food item that exists, in my opinion. That is the Taco Bell breakfast crunch wrap, um, which is if you're familiar with the crunch crunch wrap, it's like meat and cheese, then a tostada, and then like the cold stuff, the lettuce, mm-hmm. tomato, and stuff. The breakfast version is. Like a sausage patty, and instead of a tostada, a fucking hash brown. And then on top mm. of that, eggs and cheese and whatever sauce they're using. It's excellent. That is my uh that is my next favorite fast food item. <laughs> yeah. Um so the next one I'll pick, although look, I now that you mentioned breakfast, I'll have to think of a breakfast one. Um, I mean the McDonald's hash brown is for everybody wrap. too. Just it's sitting there. It's not really it's, out of the- I mean it's 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 gonna be a McDonald's thing probably, but what it is exactly. But for this one, I'll do um the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Um, honestly, since we've expanded to more than just burgers, like Bobby knows I'm a big chicken boy. Yeah. I love my fried chicken. I love chicken sandwiches, and it's kind of interesting because Popeye's was a place that I mean, before they had that chicken sandwich, I don't think a lot of people gave them a lot of respect, right? That they had, I think they had good items, and I think I've been there a few times before to get like a chicken tenders or whatever. I think they've always had really good Cajun fries, um, but that chicken sandwich, I mean, that really blew them the fuck up. Like that was a national craze that every other fast food chain tried to, you know, establish themselves. And you know, at the end of the day. It's a real fucking basic sandwich. I mean, it's about as basic as you can get. There's a bun. There's a good-ass piece of chicken. That chicken is really holding its weight here. Um, and then it's really – you got the sauce, and you have pickles. I'm not a big pickle guy, so I usually get it without pickles. I don't, so you, it's really not even talking about the chicken, deluxe one. Uh, We're talking about the basic-ass sauce, bread. Well, talking, talking Popeyes, too, not like a Chick-fil-A. Well, they got a deluxe the one. Don't they, have, like, don't they have a deluxe one, too, if you want? I don't know. I, don't know. I, never, I get the, I just get the spicy chicken. I get the spicy one. That's mm-hmm. the only difference. And I, I get the spicy one, too. Spicy yeah. one's good. It's not too spicy. It's really good. Yeah. And that's another one that um, I think after I eat it, I feel a little shitty. <laughs> I don't feel as good, but I feel full. Like, I eat that one sandwich, and I'm like, I am a happy camper because – some of these other fast food items for a big, you know, fatty, fat, 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 like myself, sometimes I'll eat a burger and be like, I need a little extra something like this is a good burger. It's greasy. I want more garbage. But like after the that chicken sandwich, I'm kind of good. Okay, I'm going to do my best not to have repeats with you. So um, that would be up there for me, sure. too, though. Um, We said mm-hmm. habit does count. Sure. Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't give a fuck. Okay. They got a, oh, I think it's fast food. Um, They got a they got a burger. It's called like Santa Barbara whatever style mm-hmm. i think it's called 
which is just a burger on sourdough with right. I don't know if it comes with bacon or I've been adding bacon, but it comes with it comes with avocado and cheese at least, I think. Man, I like burger on sliced bread sometimes, man. And sourdough is my favorite bread. It's a good burger. Just a tasty burger. Habit <laughs> as I don't think I don't know if everybody's got habit. I don't think they do. I think habit is more of a West Coast thing. Um, yeah, I don't know how far they are Santa Barbara yet. based. They're another one. That's true. Yeah. By the way, a lot of the famous burger culture in this country really comes out of Los Angeles. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of like smash burgers were invented there and shit like that, too, right. which is why In-N-Out came out of there, too. I'm going to go with the habit sourdough Santa Barbara thing. That's just mm -hmm. if you get to the West Coast, you're going to have In-N-Out. But if you want another burger, you could do worse than getting habit. Just saying. Yeah, um, for my next one, I think it's going to be a little bit of recent recency bias. And I had it with you, Bob, not too long ago. But I actually just had it this last weekend because me and Christine for a little day trip. We went down to San Jose. We were at the, I think it's a Westfield Mall. That's by the, um, the Westchester Mystery House or whatever. Mm -hmm. Walking into the mall at a fucking Shake Shack. And I was like, oh, shit, there's a Shake Shack here. And then Christine had never been to Shake Shack. So I was like, okay, we got to try Shake Shack. You got to at least check it off to know what the what the hype's all about. Um, you know, so we did, you know, we walked. That that mall in San Jose is actually really fucking nice. It's yeah. actually a mall that's not dead. Yeah. Where there's actually stores in it and people give a shit instead of, like, the malls around here, which is just, like, you know, skeletons of their former selves. But we were walking around that mall, and there's a lot of good restaurants there. But I was like, you got it. You haven't had Shake Shack. I love I've only been to Shake Shack. This this would have been my third time. Um, but like I've always really enjoyed it. And you know, we just got the basic I think it's just called the Shake Shack, right? Like their basic Shack burger or whatever. The Shack, yeah, the, the I think it's just called Shake Shack burger. I'm not yeah. sure. It is just a cheeseburger, right? It's just patty, cheese, lettuce. The hinge, the hinge they got on their bun. I like that. I like the hinge I, on the bun. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the some of the YouTube videos I've seen, they call it like the bun diaper. So it kind of closes off. And honestly, it is like that burger is good for a lot of the same reasons the In-N-Out burger is. Um, not with price. The price is insane. But like when it comes to the the ingredients and the quality and the freshness, all that stuff's there. And like Bobby said, the bun actually connects at the bottom. And that last bite is the best one because all of the juices and all the flavor just kind of get drips into that last bite. And that last bite is so fucking good. Um, they got good cheese I mean, sauce too, for what it's worth. I know we're talking about the. Burger. And I was gonna say, I mean, what I was gonna say is like they have, you know, it's not a huge menu, right? They don't have like a ton of crazy wacky items, but it's it's a lot more varied than In and Out. I think In and Out is very plain Jane. I mean, you have your kind of secret items with your animal styles, but it's really you're getting burger, cheeseburger, double cheeseburger, French fries to some extent, whether animal style or not. Um, and then Shake Shack has a bit more stuff going on, like they have the cheese fries, bacon cheese fries. They have chicken sandwiches as well. A bunch of different shakes um but yeah that that burger where it is overpriced like when you eat it you're like this is worth it you know it, it's that price is high um and you know it's not always the easiest place to get in and out of it's not the quickest place because they make it to order but it's good it's quality you, you, you i don't i don't feel bad the money i spent at shake shack um you said another one i was gonna say i was actually i have a different shake shack burger but i'll see if i'm gonna still say that one <laughs> What have I said so far? I said I did I did uh, In and Out, I did uh, the Taco Bell breakfast, and, and I did the Habit, Habit Burger. We got a little mm -hmm. high brow with these things. Um, all right, let's go low brow with this thing. The single worst for you fast food item, I think statistically, is the Baconator. Okay, 
Sure. Baconator yeah. is literally, you got to really just be a level of self-loathing uh, when you're going to have a Baconator. I'm not even trying to be funny. You got to not be in there thinking like, I had a great day. Let me get a Baconator. It's like, oh, fuck this world. I'm going to have a Baconator. It's one of those. It, Baconator is the Wendy's is open late. You're drunk. Yeah. That is the, that is the burger. If you you want to wake up and feel bad, not from the drinking, from something else. Um, <laughs> it is two giant patties with like eight slices. I'm not kidding. Like eight slices of bacon. Yeah. And I'm going to go with a quart of mayo and a quart of ketchup. That is the entirety of the recipe for this motherfucker. All right. I think there's cheese on it too, right? Oh, I think there's cheese in there buried there too. There's cheese also. There's cheese too. on there. Too. There's no onions. There's no lettuce. There's no tomatoes. Like nothing. Just it is the most like little boy order of a burger. And let me tell you, man, I'm not selling it well right now, but if you had the right combination of self loathing and drunkenness and anything, oh, you know, not soberness, it'll it'll do the job. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big, juicy, meaty burger. There's nothing wrong with the bacon. Either. It reminds Besides, me of that place we used to go to uh, in San Leandro. That's like one of those type of like, like the um, it's Sam's, Sam's like like a, like a, like a little like burger greasy. shack. That's just like a greasy ass like this burger mm-hmm. is somehow eighty percent fat, not eighty percent lean. You know, type of thing like one of those. Mm-hmm. For sure. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think we're at four. Um, I have to. Th- I was trying to think which one. Would I, I, by the way, I've said three burgers after saying, "Is it just breakfast items?" Just want to point that out. That's where I'm at. Just burgers. We we said if it was just burgers, we said we'd expand it. Well, you also you took one of the things I was definitely going to say. You hit the Popeyes one. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say that yeah. one. <laughs> well, I'm hitting another chicken thing here, and it's basically, you know, what which nuggets do I like the most? And I have to go with the, the McDonald's nuggets. Oh, um, yeah. I think Wendy's. Wendy's has really good nuggets. I think they're underrated. And I've even enjoyed the um, Jack in the Box nuggets, too. But I think, you know, if I had to choose one, I, I like the McDonald's nuggets the most. What, what I think is kind of weird is I do recall as a child, there was like two different types of nuggets. There was like a dark meat. Dark oh, meat all white nugget. meat nuggets were coming. And that was a selling point, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and, but but. I always liked the dark meat ones. I didn't like the white meat one. They were drier and didn't taste as good. So when they win all white meat, I was like, you got rid of a good one. Life is too short for chicken breast. Okay? As simple as that. Life is (laughs) – just eat some chicken thighs, man. Eat some dark meat. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But but, – so ultimately what I'll give it McDonald's up for is I do think those – even the all white meat nuggets I do think are good. Um, I like the breading on the Mm -hmm. Wendy's ones a little bit more. I think there's a little bit more crunch there. And I really like the sweet and sour sauce from Wendy's too, but I love the sweet and sour sauce from McDonald's. And I think that's ultimately what kind of hedges it for me. That's always been kind of my go-to sauce. Um, and really, I think between Wendy's and McDonald's, those are the, my two favorite nuggets. Um, but yeah, it's just McDonald's is just the goat. And you got the little, like, the one that looks like a shoe or something. It's the so bell. It's kind of there's like the bow tie, the ball, the boot. Yeah. And then there's one other the one. And it's like a yeah, diamond. There's like no, there's a diamond shapes. is the bow tie one. There's four shapes. I'm forgetting the other one. Kind of. They're all very similar. Yeah. But yeah, so I got to give it to them. Um. All right. I got Last one, I got the Shake Shack spicy burger just sitting there, but it's so close to what you said, the regular Shake Shack burger, that I'm good. Um, I'm thinking Chalupa, but I two, ta- two Taco Bell items is really giving off an, like, uh, an image in my life that I'm not trying to do at age 38. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not 38 yet, though. Almost. Um. All right. I'm going to go with McDonald's fries. All right. Classic. Best fries in the game. I say this, though. People talk about some of these other fries like they're terrible. Burger King fries aren't bad. Burger King's fries are fine. Mm-hmm. Wendy's fries are fine. Bur- the quality of your French fry 
is really tied to how crispy it is when I get it in my fucking hands. Okay. Yeah. I need I need salt and crispiness and heat. You make these three things happen. And you know what? My air fryer can save a lot of shitty fries. That's what I've learned also. Okay. Sure. I get but McDonald's fries, even when it's like limped at limp shitty fries are still pretty goddamn tasty and if you're curious mcdonald's fries are not vegetarian because they don't use they used to fry them in beef fat which is why they tasted mm-hmm. how good they were beef, right. but instead now they just fry them in i don't know man all mcdonald's smells the same that oil that every mcdonald's mm-hmm. has but they also mm-hmm. they put seasoning on it it's a beef flavor seasoning on the fries which mm-hmm. is you know why right there but yeah, I'm gonna go with classic McDonald's French fries as my final item there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, there's a lot of items I think we both could say, and this is all just shooting off off the hip, you know. Um, but probably I could say, and it, it it could well be because it's not on the menu anymore. I haven't had it in like 30 years, probably. Um, but probably my favorite fast food item I've ever eaten in my entire life is the Taco Bell chili cheese burrito. Um, it was basically, or they call it the, the Chaluda, the Chalupa. No, what do they call it? They had some weird name for it besides just chili cheese burrito. But this was in the '90s. It was a, it was an item that was across the board at every Taco Bell. And now it's a specialty item that only some Taco Bells have. And goddamn, not one has in California. There's not one freaking one that has it, except for there's literally a couple web pages that people track where it's at. And I think there was one in Palm Springs, and I was actually in Palm Springs. I didn't know they had it until after I left, and I was kicking myself that I didn't know and couldn't have gotten it because it's been so long. But, I mean, really, it's just exactly what it sounds like. It's a cheap burrito from Taco Bell that has chili and cheese in it. What I like about the cheese is they use the actual grated cheese and not just the cheese sauce like they use in the nachos. And I just can't explain, like – why it tastes so good, why it tastes different from everything else. Cause they don't have this chili for all this other stuff, but like those in the know, no, like the chili cheese burrito was just like top notch. Um, and as a kid, I think it was like the first time I went to Taco Bell they had. It, and that was like the first thing I was like, Oh, I like this a lot. Um, you know, since, since then Taco Bell has a lot of great stuff. I love chicken quesadillas. I love their nachos. Um, I think they have like a, a beefy burrito. That's like a two buck burrito. That's not bad. I, I'm a big Taco Bell fan. But God, I'd do anything to get. I mean, literally, there was. I looked on the webpage. They said the Taco Bell in Hayward, or is Hayward or San Leandro? I think it was San Leandro, had the chili cheese burrito. This was like a few weeks ago, Bob. And during my lunch break, I drove all the way there. It's not a long drive, but during your lunch break, it's basically my whole lunch was driving there, going to the drive through, them telling me they don't have the chili cheese burrito, eating Taco Bell, and then coming back to work. I was so disappointed. I thought, like, after 30 years, I'm finally going to get my fucking chili cheese burrito again. And I haven't. So, I, yeah, it's just one of those items just kind of legendary in my mind. I can't wait to try it again if I ever get the opportunity. All right. Well, that was a classic off-to-fly yeah. top five list. Maybe we'll try harder on this next week. But still, there you go. now you know the fat-ass stuff we like to eat. Marcus, why don't we do stuff we like? You go first. Yeah, I don't have a ton this week, um, but I have a handful of things. So, um me and Christine started playing Starfield over the weekend. That's been really fun. Um, a lot of the kind of gripes I heard about the game uh, when it released, I kind of agree with. It's kind of cumbersome figuring out like where to go and even how to go to those different planets and stuff. There's so many like menus you have to toggle in and out of and log in and out of. 
Um, but so far, like I have been enjoying it. It's been fun. I've, and I've always really appreciated and admired that game's art direction. They're kind of going for this, what they call like NASA, NASA punk aesthetic, which I think is really cool looking. I think visually it's just fun to look around and ex- explore those environments. Um, and the gameplay itself is fine. I think the shooting mechanics are, are fine or serviceable. Um, and the story has been a little weird. It's kind of just pushing you in like this main narrative um, about like this artifact your character found. And, and that stuff hasn't been super intriguing yet. Um, but I do think it's a lot of the world building. A lot of the side stuff I think is really where people kind of you know, get a lot of the uh, enjoyment from that game. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to keep trying that out. And then oddly enough, I kind of wish Mike was on the podcast because there's an anime I watched that I really liked um, and a Netflix show. Um, the Netflix show that I've only watched one episode so far is Pokemon Concierge, which is a very cute, wholesome, uh, like claymation show about this lady that is basically working on a Pokemon resort. Um, I watched the first episode. There, leading up to it, I had heard nothing about how cute and adorable and enjoyable the show was, so I kind of had fairly high expectations. And watching the first episode, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun and enjoyable and interesting. I think visually is very stunning. I think, you know, the stuff they do with the claymation and the animation is really fun. Um, but like on a story character level, it, it, it is kind of a little melatose, a little flat for me. Um, but I do want to, I think it's like only four episodes. So I'll probably finish it out and just see what the rest of the series holds. Um, the one that I didn't know anything about, it kind of came out of nowhere for me, um, but I heard really good things about, and there's only one episode out so far on Netflix is this anime called uh, delicious in dungeon. And this is a fantasy anime that basically is about a group of adventurers that is trying to kind of explore this dungeon, but they don't have a lot of money. So they're trying to live off the whatever they can find in the dungeon to eat. And it just has one of these. I mean, I think Mike and Stefan used to watch a couple anime that were about cooking. And it's kind of this mix of like a Japanese RPG, video game RPG, fantasy world. And this mix of like cooking, right? They're cooking up like these fictional monsters and they run into a character who knows all about cooking monsters. And he's telling you like how you prepare them and all this other stuff. So it's very, it has like this fun adventuring side to it, but also like this foodie cooking side to it. And it all just kind of like coalesces very well together. The studio that's making the anime is uh, trigger. And they did like the cyberpunk uh, anime and some other high profile ones. I think like, um, Kill a Kill and some other like, you know, animes that are, you know, really well known for just like the quality of the, the art and animation that you do. And Delicious and Dungeons is definitely of that ilk. Like it visually looks very stunning and beautiful. It has a really fun concept. Um, yeah. And it all just really meshes together. So I really, that one kind of came out of nowhere. I guess new episodes are every Thursday, but that's definitely one. Like, yeah, that's on the radar now. I'm watching that every week now because that was a really fun watch. So yeah, that's what I got this week. Um, I don't think I got anything. I'm trying to think what I did. I spent a lot of time just scrolling shit and watching football this past weekend. Um, so you know, like to say, I thought I was going to be some sort of genius when I bet as much as I did on the Washington Huskies winning the national championship in football. That is not how this is playing out, folks. This is a rough one tonight, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. So you get for depending on a football team from Seattle to get shit done. Anyway, um, yeah, um, don't have a lot. Um, played like two minutes of Max Payne and then went to start a cooking this weekend, so I really didn't get to even play anything either. But 
Yeah, that's nothing. So that's probably the end of the podcast. Good thing you had something because. No, there I, you go. We, yeah. we squeezed in a top five in there. We too, squeezed so in a top five. Thank goodness. Because we covered a, your hour of, of entertainment this we week. We got to do you an know, hour Mike of wasn't entertainment. Here. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, well, we're going to be back next week, and Mark and I are going to talk a little bit more about MMA next week because we have a full-on pay-per-view to uh, to preview. Um, the quality of said pay-per-view is debatable, but it is a pay-per-view nonetheless where we were going to talk about five fights. Five fights. So Mark's got a week to make sure he knows who Mufsar Evalov is, which I think you know who that is. Oh boy. Well, he's the favorite, I think, but I'll be taking Arnold, Arnold Allen. Um, man, Charles Jordan is on the undercard. He couldn't even make this thing. This is a shitty card. I don't know what Canada did, man, to deserve this. Especially with the way UFC is charging for ticket prices these days. If they, if they sold out yeah. this arena in Toronto and these people thought they were getting, like, do they even have any Canadian stars, actually, now that I think about it? I'm just trying to think. Do they have anybody Canadian that's a star? Uh, what about uh, uh, Benoit? He's French-Canadian, I mean, right? uh, we should probably confirm, because I called him French straight up the... Uh, was he like, was he, wasn't he like Canadian. special forces something? He's French. He's straight oh, up French. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, yeah he's straight up French. Right. He's, he's like French special okay. forces type dude. Yeah, they have no respect for the Canadians either in France. They don't, mm. think, they don't think, especially if it's unless it's like even Montreal, they don't like those people. Either well, he's not going to like that. I thought he was French Canadian. So <laughs> that's right. It all goes the chances of Benoit joining this podcast. Well, we're at it. We could say you got you share the first name with a wrestling murderer. So maybe we just go by calling him BSD, huh? So. No, I love that. You know I love that. Anytime we can abbreviate these guys' names, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to be back next week. Uh, we're going to preview UFC 297. Um, we'll, you know, it's going to just essentially just ignore the news cycle where two people, one of them broken and an asshole, the other one just an asshole, insult each other for a week while a Brazilian convinces you that this fight that you know is going to be bad will at least result in her smashing one of your favorite podcasts, hopefully, one of their favorite female fighters. Because we love Raquel Pennington. We do not think she should be wearing a belt, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and she is, the odds makers have this, I think, far closer than it has to be. It's minus 165 plus 135. So this is like a Roxanne Modafferi situation where we might end up with like a champion that is really just a symbol of how shitty this weight class Maybe. is. Um, all right. Be back next week. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, congrats to Francis getting a big check. Until next week. Hell yeah. I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. Hello to our friend Lavender Gooms. Peace out. The problem without Mark, without Mike here, is you got to do the post show banter. You know, we just have no insight. I, I, there's nobody just insult Mike if Mike insults me. And, like, you know. Well, well, now I'm just hungry because we talked about all this fast yeah, I was food. Say, and... I had like a healthy dinner before this, and now I'm sitting here like, I really would like go for one of those horrible things we mentioned. But we're gonna try to yeah. avoid that. <laughs> we can avoid it. We're we're gonna avoid it. No fast food tonight. But yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm <laughs> thinking about it. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. See ya.